Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we dive into today's book, I want to call attention to our road trip in October. We will be at Columbus CXC October 6th through the 9th. Come out and say hello. Uh, let us know in the comments what we should pull out from the Billy Ireland when we're there to uh, maybe make a special episode or two. The end of the month, we will close out October at Baltimore Comic Con, October 28th to the 30th. Anybody that hasn't come to Baltimore Comic Con, this is a comic book fans show. So come check that out. Say hello. Let's talk some comics. This is the birthplace of Cartoonist Kayfabe, by the way. October 22nd, you can catch me in Jacksonville at their public library for a comic and zine fest. So pretty busy October. Speaking of October, here's our 2022 official Cartoonist Kayfabe-tober drawing prompts. And we will be sharing this on our social media as the time gets closer. Hope that a lot of you at home, we know you're cartoonists and makers, so hopefully you'll jump on board the cartoonist Kayfabe-tober and draw some of these things. Yeah, we'll uh, retweet and repost a lot of that stuff. You just got to tag cartoonist Kayfabe. Doing the at isn't going to do it because we're just not going to see it. But if you tag us, we'll be able to go through tags and uh, repost some of that stuff. Sounds good. And uh, we are working cartoonists, so the best way you can support Cartoonist Kayfabe, the channel, is buy our comics, Hulk Grand Design, Monster Madness, a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. The comics are in stores now. The collection will be in stores in December. You can pre-order that now. Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Alive, the second printing out from Image Comics now, available wherever you buy comics. This collects all of my Image Comics Street Angel, plus a few extra bonus stories. Red Room Trigger Warnings, the second season of Red Room, in stores in September. And you can see this is a real book. It's really going to make it in time. Uh, pick that up wherever you get comics or books. And look at the perfect companion piece to Red Room, the antisocial network, last year's season of Red Room. So pick these up wherever books are bought and sold. So today, Ed, we're going to look at <laughs> Venom, Lethal Protector, number one. This is uh, 1992, one of the top five books of 1992 in terms of sales. I was looking at some of these uh, popular books throughout the 90s and was surprised to find that we had covered all of the books from this year. Uh, Wildcats number one, Death of Superman, uh, Spider-Man 2099, and Spawn number eight all make it onto that list with Venom, Lethal Protector. <laughs> so Venom doing a, uh, a face turn here. And you can see this is early 90s. You get this uh, metallic foil stamp cover. Got to have a gimmick cover on Shiny. a top selling book, right? Shiny. Yeah, man. And and it's the Silver Sable, like like all of that stuff. We did a video a long time ago, man. It's like proto kayfabe video when we're going through Todd's New Dimension Comics and yes that lady who amanda who, yeah yeah like she showed off she's like my brother got me this comic yes. <laughs> whenever she was a young comics reader and he and you were like well if you still have it it's worth a dollar because it was down in the dollar that's boxes. right fun cover i do like that you know venom a uh, photogenic character always looked pretty cool Hard to draw a bad Venom. The, the, the game of telephone that is played with Venom, like if you track like all of his drawing appearances over the years, like watching him morph and watch that, watching that mandible jaw get distorted more and more and more. The other piece that's uh, tame on this, he has a wicked tongue at times. The tongue that is a very human, uh, very basic tongue compared to some of the stuff that we would see Eric Larson do with that thing. Oh yeah. So Mark Bagley, a longtime Spider-Man artist, is the artist that ta is tasked with this. I bought this back in the day and then got rid of it. This mm -hmm. is a new copy. We're going to find what happens when you buy dollar copies of Venom as we get through this. I saw that cover, actually. <laughs> it's going to get worse. But uh, I remember back in the day being disappointed because Venom 
Tom McFarlane character, right? Yeah. Eric Larson went pretty wild with him. And I always thought Mark Bagley was this cleaner, more classic superhero style, not the right fit for Venom. Yeah. I wanted Tex, Kelly Jones, somebody that was going to push the monster side of Venom harder. And so that was one of the missteps back in the day for me. More than that, uh, Bagley might be stretching himself with a couple other That's comics at the same time. So this is pretty dashed out kind of kind of bagley and also this is the post jim lee era nature abhors a vacuum marvel needs some of that kind of energy so he's doing what like herb trimpy had to do and what like alex saviak had to do where he's used has to inject these like unnatural to him kind of hatchings a lot and extra shit lines. like that yeah and you could tell it's not comfortable for him like this isn't his natural flow this ain't his style this is also coded paper. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, this is kind of a prestige project in that way. You know, it's a $3 cover price, and it's, it's dated here February 93. So maybe it's 93, not 92. But it's uh, a premium book, three bucks at that time, a lot of Marvel books, buck and a quarter maybe back then. And uh, it's notable to me, Della Rosa and Milgram as inkers. So the reason I make note of that is you've got a kind of prestigious project on your hands here. It's a big push sold well venom's popular and yet you've got different inkers on issue one like are there deadline issues already at play in issue one of like a a big project for marvel well this is the era where stuff is the the the, the bubble has just burst so it's more important to get an issue number one out so get a couple of inkers on the on the job uh i was talking with greg wright and, and, and he said that like one of the most reliable hands at the time was Mark Bagley. Turn turn a book around two, three weeks. Yeah. So he can do his job quick, but it doesn't mean an inker's gonna be able to ink. It's a good payoff too for Bagley, presumably. Absolutely. The third biggest seller of the year, uh, a guy who sticks with Marvel when all these other guys leave. Absolutely. So it's nice to see somebody get rewarded for that. Uh, good for him. This panel, I tell me what's happening there, because I can't. Yeah, I know, man. I, I like I'm presuming that he's filling him up with right. uh, some symbiote but it looks almost like vomit and it's coming out like he's doing like uh, like you said a funny joke to him after you drank some coffee right <laughs> that is <laughs> it, what it, looks it, like. it feels more exit <laughs> than entrance um kills the guy yeah whatever this does it kills him it's over you'll do nothing but decay now wow pretty casual and uh just just d killing this guy on page three yeah but this is, uh, like I said, it's a face turn for Venom, who moves to San Francisco area to start over. I think Spider-Man saved somebody's life, uh, somebody he, Venom loved, so he had to kind of like admit Spider-Man's good, even though he still hates him. And that's part of why he moved away, so that he wouldn't be uh, ha have to be at war with Spider-Man. It's a very time. bad comic, man. Like the <laughs> the, uh, the exposition of like single dude just rolling around, but. I guess we have the benefits of multiple personalities or whatever. There's all this we. So we get to have Venom just, like, explain the whole story. It's not... We're being told a story. We're not being shown a story here. We're, we're being told all the back matter that happened in Amazing Spider-Man comics. It's very true. And I like Bagley's art for the most part. But, man, whenever you think about sort of the way Larson and, and uh, McFarlane would do just nuts poses of spider-man giant spider-mans you know whenever you get these kind of pages 
I could use a little bit more flair here. Yeah, for sure. And and they would also sell you more on like some impact of like jumping off of th- this thing. You know, you'd see this getting turned up or, or accordioned or, you know, folded like a taco or something. But you're just getting like little lines. So he's a very classic guy. You know, he's a, he's a hand. He's a job dude. And also Eddie Brock with the mullet. Like the mullet wasn't cool right then. <laughs> yeah, it's back now, I think, right? Yeah, with a certain segment. What is his T-shirt? HTND. Do you know what that means? I think is it's he, a swinger club. Is he sneaking something in there? Although all the, all the uh, ladies that like, she's my cherry pie. Like they they like that mullet, and they hang out with him at the swinger bars. Look at this. No pets, parties, loud music, blah 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 blah. Young bloods. No young bloods. Dave Michelini, man. <laughs> Not subtle either. It's almost like your letter might have lettered that sign. <laughs> the cops find out that Eddie Brock is there. And of course, you know, he's wanted for murder. And they show up and now blows his cover. Where is he going to sleep? Can't even get, get check into a hotel room without things going wrong. And it's those like, you know, by the half hour hotel rooms in the Tenderloin, man. Anybody could get a hotel there. Spider-Man, you know, comes across the wires that Venom's been spotted in San Francisco. So we get even more exposition. So much exposition explaining all this stuff, and it's just... There's a lot. It's just so boring. Yeah, this is the worst example of, like, the um, every issue is somebody's first. But this is an issue one. Like, it's got to be, there's got to be a better way to communicate some of this stuff than have just exposition on exposition. Like, yeah. we've had now, this is, I believe, the fourth page of exposition and we're i don't know nine pages in yeah or, or you just don't do it like in in these in like writing master classes and, and like you re- you read these books on writing uh they'll they'll say stuff like if you go to a party and you meet somebody and they tell you all of about all of their good qualities and stuff do you believe them and <laughs> that's what you're getting here you're having spider-man like say all this stuff and it's could be unreliable never it, it's it, it's kind of meaningless show us show us and and every every creative writing teacher said says stuff like i wish i had a rubber stamp that just said um show don't tell that i could just put on everybody's paper because that's that's a common lesson that i have for almost 100 percent of my students and that's what this is like we're not being we're not being shown a story here. So I don't remember all the particulars of this series, but I think he ends up taking up with homeless people. I mean, we'll get that in this issue. And I feel like this actually is kind of a slick into that. You know, like he's walking around like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get a room? He's essentially worried about being homeless whenever he stumbles on some homeless people that are being accosted by these uh, boy typecast dudes right out of like Canon Films with their suits. Yeah. Uh, you know, attacking these homeless people. And uh, kind of stumbles into that. Like, this feels like the most organic piece. Not the most exciting page. Yeah. But a very, uh, I don't know, a very organic way that this comes about. This and, could have been really heavy-handed. And, you know, like, they're probably trying to get them out of there for some bullshit Marvel, like, secret potion. This is fun. This is, this is my dollar. <laughs> this is my proof of my dollar. I assume that this panel is really cool probably here that's cut image. out. But I don't think I, I am confused by what's missing. Sure. I'm able to still follow this story. But, like, if this was a modern-day comic, you could imagine that there would be, like, bad guys, like, just trying to get the people who have rent control out of their fucking mm-hmm. spaces right away so that we can, you know, get a Twitter person, a couple, a Twitter person and a Google, Google person to like 
be part of an a rent auction. Okay. You know, but like uh, it's probably some sort of potion or something that these people have knowledge about that you know they need to get offed by these gangsters. Um, when Spider-Man learns that Venom's in San Francisco, he hops a plane there. And so now we get Spider-Man in issue one, joining the uh, in fracas a, in the park. I feel like in a panel. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's it's like quick, oh, man, it's I, need, I need to go. Yeah, like right here. Man, I, I better go to San Francisco. And then he's there the next moment. See, this Yeah, is, the time doesn't add up. Uh-uh. This is uh, some of the stuff I'm talking about where this is very unnatural Mark Bagley. Like, he's totally, like, I, I could just imagine him, like, looking at, you know, I feel like we saw Professor X with all these same marks from the Shi'ar issue with Wolverine holding, like, about the claw on the cover. So Bagley is being stretched in a way that's not comfortable to him. You know what else? Like, you, Bagley does a really good Spider-Man, in my opinion. Yeah. This looks rushed. Like, I don't understand if you have a big number one that you're launching. And I know you say you got to capitalize on it. But at the same time, like, this feels like they're really putting this together quickly. Yeah. This has to be just a cool shot of him and Venom fighting, I guess. Yeah. Love this, though. The bad guys don't care who it is, and they just unload on everybody. Straight cannon films. I think I see Omelette in the uh, <laughs> in a shooting gallery. <laughs> you see? Front That's and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Any of these dudes could be Omelette. You know, Omelette could have used a, uh, a bit of a ponytail. That's true. Yeah. Omelette, too. Let's get a sequel. Exactly. Then are you out there? Uh, so weirdly, suddenly they're allies, right? Protect the, uh, protect these innocent people, get rid of the people who are just firing guns, uh, into that crowd and weirdly team up. It's fun that they sort of end that as a team up. And here we have the news footage of them fighting. Right. And I get it. You know, like this is probably the panel that's actually cut out of right here, I bet. But it's still funny. It's kind of a, uh, I say it every episode, it feels like that nothing changes in 30 years. So here's our 30-year-old comic where homelessness is a problem. Media coverage is, is not necessarily accurate to what we're seeing. Very, uh, very strange. How much time would you pour over these? I spent more time on most of these than I did on the comics. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't reading this stuff back then. Yeah. I was looking at, I wanted to see cool pictures of Venom. But, like, this kind of stuff just is not that exciting. You know, the other thing that I see here is coated paper. Now you've introduced, like, a whole new element to the digital coloring. Yeah. And nobody's on board yet. You know, yeah. like, it's so weird to figure out. Like, you, we, we looked at the Kevin Nolan Outsiders, Batman Outsiders issue, where it's like, how do you color on Baxter paper? What, what colors do you use from that usual palette? Once you get to, like, digital color on coated paper, it's a whole new le learning curve. Like, this is practically a different medium. It takes, it takes Marvel and DC years to uh, catch up to what the image guys are doing. Like, the Ollie Optics kind of energy, the Ruben Roods and the Joe Chiodos and the Kiko Taganashkis. They, they did not have those kinds of people uh, until they absorb Wildstorm or whatever mm -hmm. in, in DC's case. And, and I don't know that uh, Marvel ever caught up. You know, I was fully checked out. I haven't seen a... A Marvel comic that had all the optics level computer You're right, coloring. Because that was always kind of a freelance a freelance gig and uh, learning buying hardware and learning that software was just too cost intensive for a freelance colorist. Yeah. So you had to have those uh couple of those places like the Dark Horse Studios or uh Dark, Dark Horse Jim wasn't Lee. even good at it. They may not have been good at it, but they had their own color lab. Yeah. You know, compared to again like Marvel, I don't think had any of that. 
Um, so here's our story, right? Is these are the homeless people. They live in some of these tunnels. This reminded me. Do you remember that documentary in the early 2000s of like the tunnels Dark and the people that, that lived Great in uh, New York? I think is where that was set. Yeah, but it was in the tunnels and like some of the homeless people there. Uh, kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Where they said the whole whole communities, and it's and it's a more realistic. You know, it's not the the same. The Morlocks. Yeah, right. And they're talking about one whether or not he can even join them, and then like two this Roland Treese who's been trying to drive us out of this area for months. That's who those hired thugs were from. So you're getting, like, clearly that's the story here. <laughs> and now let's do some Marvel stuff. But see, this is the disappointing color, too. Like, we're underground already. We're doing these kind of, like, browns and oranges. And now we get cool robots, and they're just orange. Yeah. Like, they just blend into that background. Yeah, not very good. Not very good. Not inspired. This, this whole comic, in one word, uninspired. On everybody's part. <clears throat> yeah, and you know what's really disappointing to me? Okay, we're going to do a bunch of orange. Venom's blue, so maybe that makes sense. Yellows and oranges, you know, he's a complementary color. He, he should pop. But half the time, they're drawing him. He's gray here. You know, he's orange here. Like, make him blue in these panels. At least make him pop against those orange and yellow robots that he's, uh, that he's facing. Right. Little Rick Parker cameo yeah. piece. Joey Cavalieri doing the uh, Stan's soapbox. Joey's joint here. I always think of Cavalieri as a DC editor yeah. that, that had a really good eye for talent, but I uh, didn't realize he had done a stint at Marvel Me first. Me neither. And look at this. The, uh, the bubble's bursting, man. We are just trying to unload, like, 10 color independent comics, 10 black and white independent comics. Wait. We are just giving out, like, big discounts on, uh, on packs of comics. When you start getting non-discriminate, <laughs> yeah. the... There's there's uh there's there's overhead that needs to be taken care of, man. You still have your uh, who are the hot characters though? A Wolverine grab bag, a Ghost Rider grab bag, ten bucks. Punisher eight, Hulk only seven. That, that feels right. <laughs> X Men ten bucks. So that's basically our story. The robots kind of start to overcome Venom, and uh, well, I guess there's one last piece somehow falling through those tunnels with the robots on top of them they've fallen through time of course man you need you need some excuse to read the second issue i i think this is bagley also it is and uh it's really cool like you sort of see what he does man this is this is steve ditko profile with mcfarlane eye you know he's like bringing both sensibilities man the, the anatomy feels a little more subtle yeah i like the cartooniness of this uh-huh it almost feels like what we would see in like the batman animated series once they would overhaul those characters and do the more cartoony stuff yeah bagley i think is a really good spider-man artist would do ultimate spider-man whenever they launched that ultimate line but you know what if you read the fine print so we're talking about how this looks like maybe it's done quickly he's also doing an issue an anniversary issue of spider-man he might have done spider-man this whole run like simultaneously yeah. he might have stayed on amazing spider-man but this issue 64 pages so now you're doing like a new book you're launching still drawing spider-man and doing anniversary oversized issues he, he made some good cash that year man yeah it was a good year good year for sure but uh a good good artist and the guy that came through the marvel tryout issues yes we, seems like that's popped up a couple times in the last couple issues and bagley's the guy yes he won it you know my bagley stuff is always new warriors Absolutely. where i didn't even know who he was at yeah. first um i bought it because it was a new series and then fell in love with his work on that yeah he was a regular name you know like like when you were getting those comics and, and he he would stretch you know he was he was a john byrne level of output kind of guy you know doing th you'd see his name two three times uh, a month looking through this i saw little shades of like a ron friends 
in his work. You know, it's it's a classic. It's almost like what I think of as eighties, like uh, you know that Marvel Marvel toy almost. Um, it kind of kind of has that quality. So pretty neat. I like this cover. I hated the inside. This issue was <laughs> yeah. just like, I, I'm surprised that you're going to launch Venom, and this is the, I don't know, that's the best you can come up with. Yeah, yeah, that exposition stuff is is just we've seen like comics started off way better than that you know like we're just just launch us in the middle and just just we'll handle the origin stuff like do we even need it like you have this cool character sells itself you know this is like that wrestling stuff where you got the giant now how are you possibly going to fuck that up i even like the concept like he leaves new york he goes to san francisco where he's from and he struggles to fit in there and he falls in with this homeless group of people all of that, I think, can work really well. Yeah. And then we're going to do, like, a time travel story, and we're going to bring Spider-Man in. Like, I don't know, man. It's uh third highest selling comic of the year, though, back in the day. Back in the, in, the, in the years when they were selling a lot of comics, like, third highest selling comic of that year, probably north of a million copies of this sold that year. Good-looking logo, man. Chrissy Elopoulos is in the uh, chat right now, said he made the, the, oh, the nice. logo for that. And that this is carried on throughout, like, like whenever you see like Venom mentioned in a video game or something like this is the logo it pops it's a good cover off. I like the cover a lot I think they did very well on that I'm, I'm sure that helped sell quite a few of those million plus copies but uh, yeah the inside story I didn't stick with it back in the day either and you're not inspired to go back in, I'm uh, not reading uh, issue 2 no. <laughs> you good to go? I am kayfabers like follow subscribe to the YouTube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available what's out there Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design the collection is coming out in December, need to pre-order that now at your local comic shop. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, the second printing, should be in stores any day now if it's not already there from Image Comics, collecting all of my Image Comics of this homeless ninja on a skateboard. Might get along with Venom from yeah. this uh, limited series. And you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see a lot more of my comics. You can download some of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics there, and that link is below this video. Red Room Trigger Warnings. Trade paperback hitting the stands in a few weeks from now as of this recording. Uh, and the proof, having the book. No, so it's nice. so good, man. Yeah, it's so cool when you get your comps, right? You carry it around like a little baby. Oh, absolutely. For, for a week at least, man. Lots of new artwork. Yeah, there it is. Hokuto Shinken. Lots of new artwork, uh, about 60 pages of extra stuff in there. Great companion piece to go along with the original Anti-Social Network trade paperback. These are self-contained stories, so take your pick, give it a shot, you dig it, grab another one. Uh, you can hit up my Patreon at my link tree in the description below. Uh, you can grab these books at my link tree in the description below. At my Patreon, I'm serializing new Red Room comics that haven't hit paper yet. Uh, so three bucks will get you the archive, which is all of this material. Plus, I put new strips up every Tuesday. Three bucks. You can't beat it. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jim, Jimmy, give them the marching orders, man. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.